Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode eight, the season finale of Platonically Intimate. Well, uh, I hope you have enjoyed the first seven episodes, and I hope you enjoy this one as well. And for this season finale, um, we are going to quiz each other on our respective content areas, and we will see who is better at a subject they haven't studied. So I'm your host, Isaac. And I'm your host, Joe, and we'll also see who's better at making a short quiz for complicated subjects. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so I'm going to get us started off with a quiz about music. I recently graduated um, with a composite bachelor's of science in music education, K-12 band, choir, and orchestra, <laughs> I think is what that was called. <laughs> I think that's what it's called. It's something similar. I might have said the words in the wrong order. But uh, the point is, people think I know a lot about music. And we're going to see how much Joe knows not about music. <laughs> the funny thing is, is people who know me, but not you think I know a lot about music. Yeah. I... So to any of those people <laughs> who are listening, you're about to find out how much I actually know about music. <laughs> so uh, as we've said before in our podcast, the goal of our quizzes is to make the most challenging quiz possible that the other player can do well at. Mm-hmm. So this is a test of our knowledge of each other as much as it is a test of our True. own content area so this quiz has a possible score of 12 points um one of the questions has an opportunity for an extra credit point so uh you might score 13 out of 12 lucky number 13 so let's get it started off with number one sorry to the triskaidekaphobians (laughs) yeah again and the dodecaphobians that too all right name this pattern b flat b flat an octave above f B flat, D, F. Ooh. The octave jump at the beginning is tripping me out. Don't don't worry about it. Don't worry about it? Don't worry about it. B flat. B flat and octave up. Mm -hmm. What were the next ones? Then F, B flat, D, F. I mean, it's a 1-8... Is that what you mean? Or is there a name no, there's for it? No, there's a name oh. for this pattern. You're familiar with it from playing trombone. Oh, no. Okay. Um. Oh, it's the... It's harmonics. Yeah, I'll give that to okay. you. Okay. Ah, it is the I'm harmonic a... series. Yes, it is. So the, the tricky part is you it said doubles. you got tripped up by that octave. Yeah. It's because the first leap is an octave, but on brass instruments, you don't play the lowest note. That's so, right. Uh, you're not as aware of it. All right. So I will give that to you. It was kind of a stretch, but one yeah. point for Joe. Okay, so question number two. In in music, we have a lot of Italian words written into our, our parts. Ooh, yes, you And do. Um, so I'm going to ask you for the literal translation of the Italian term poco a poco. Little by little. Very good. Let's yeah. go. You will see that uh, poco a poco crescendo. Crescendo would be first. Usually the other word is first. Or de crescendo, poco a poco. Or, accelerando. Uh, yep, accelerando or de accelerando a poco a poco. So a lot of different things, but only a little bit or slowly over time. Nice. All right, this one is worth three points. Oh, jeez. Put these musical periods in order. So we have the classical period, the romantic period, and the Baroque period. I'm going to go Baroque, classical, romantic. Booyah. What? Yeah, no that's, way. <laughs> that's it. I knew romantic was the earliest because I, that always tripped me up. What? Or the, sorry, the... Late, the most recent. The, yeah, the most okay. recent. Okay. <laughs> at, I was like, least, um, that's the opposite of what you just said. <laughs> yeah. The closest to us, because I always, when I first heard the term romantic, for some reason, I thought it was like the farthest back. Mm. 
and then I was surprised to learn that it was actually More the nearest to our current time. Yeah, here, I don't, hopefully I get this right. The other the, two's orders I just guessed on. Okay. The Baroque period, I think, started in 1600. It might have started later, though, to be honest, but it goes to 1750. Okay. Um, and then the classical period went from then till 1825-ish, and then right. the Romantic period went until 1900. Now we're in the modern or 20th and 21st century, depending on who you ask. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, very good. All right, this one is the opportunity for extra credit. Okay. So I'm going to give you the names of some people. Okay. And you have to tell me what their last name is. They all have the same last name, Okay. Whoa, so okay. this this question is worth two points, but I have three names written down. Oh, so okay. if you get it on the first one, I'll give you three out of two. If you get it on the second one, I'll give you two out of two. If you get it on the third one, I'll give you one out of two. Wow. And if you okay. get it wrong, you'll get zero out of two. Okay. Okay. I think you'll get it at least by the third one. I hope so. But so okay. here we go. The first one is Johann Christian. What is Johann Christian's last name? The Johann I first think of is Johann Sebastian Bach. But I don't think. Is that your guess? Sure. Uh, well, here, can I guess? And then if I'm wrong, I get the yeah, next clue. Yep. I will guess Bach. You're right. <laughs> Yo, dude. Wow, you are killing this quiz. Okay, so yeah. I thought you... his middle name was Sebastian. It is. Uh, Johann Christian Bach was one of his sons. Oh, dude. <laughs> so we have Johann Christian Bach. Bach Jr. We have Carl Philip Emanuel Bach, who is going to be the next one. Okay. Uh, and then Johann Sebastian Bach. Yeah. Uh, so I, I definitely had, would have got it by the third one then. Yeah. He had 20 children. Oh my gosh. Five of them were named Johann. Wow. Yep. That is confusing. Back in the day, they went by their middle names. It was just the German way of doing oh, it. Oh, I suppose. So, yeah. So it didn't really matter. Um, right. So yeah. They wouldn't go like, hey, Johann. Yeah. Hey, hey, Johann. Yep. No, not you, Johann. <laughs> you, you, Johann. Yeah. They would have just called him Christian. So. Gotcha. Okay, so you scored three out of two on that question, and Classic. you now have eight out of seven total. So you are you are doing better than I expected. I right. gave you that extra point in case you had missed. I one. mean, if I if I ace this, that honestly might be a a bad yeah score for maybe, you on maybe the quiz making. Too easy. A little too easy. I don't know. Yeah, I right. also had a little bit of luck on my side. Yes, you did. Yeah, you kind of you kind of guessed that extra credit. Yeah, <laughs> so. I guessed the extra credit, and then I guessed like the order of the. Mm-hmm the periods yeah all right so here's another one with multiple answers four points all right okay name the four instrument families okay Ooh. some people say that there's as many as six okay i, was gonna I disagree say four. with them okay so um we so. are we're gonna say the four main ones three of them to, to clarify three of them are in the concert band and okay. all four of them are in the orchestra okay i'm gonna say one of them is percussion correct um I, I'm actually, I think I'm used to the idea of there being six. So I'm okay. trying to figure out which ones are <laughs> are clumped together that I normally don't think of clumped together. Okay. Um, brass. Okay. Yep. That's another one. Reeds. No. Wood, woodwinds? Reeds is not one. Woodwinds is, but you already said reeds. So uh, I already did. I already <laughs> did. Um, we got to go harder with me on this quiz yep. too. Strings. And strings. Yep. You're right. Okay. So the reason I disagree with the normal classification, uh, not normal. What are what the are the two families. quote unquote extra? The other two are keyboards and guitars. Okay. But okay. So here's the thing: guitar, I think, is just a bad name for a family. Um, that's because true. Because there are a lot of non-guitar instruments that fit into that family. Yeah. Um, like the ukulele or the banjo, the mandolin. Sitar. Yep. Any fretted string. I just think they should all fit into the strings, but that's my opinion. Yeah. Um. 
Whereas the strings that Joe mentioned is classical strings, like violin. Yeah, bass, upright bass, bass, yeah. And then the, the other family is keyboards. Um, that one could be maybe in these days, uh, but when most people think of keyboard, they think of piano, which is actually a percussion instrument. Yeah. And I'm well aware that digital pianos are not, not. percussion instruments, but I, they still fit in that for me, and so that's why I stick with the four. When I took a uh, some sort of intro-level music class uh, at my current college, there was a question about... Um, someone used a Rhodes piano in a okay. song and he said, what kind of instrument is this? And I said, a Rhodes piano. And I was like, well, I think it's a percussion. So I put percussion and then he took it off. Mm. So then I went in and talked to him. I was like, well, and then we had a long discussion about it. Yeah. And he's just like, okay, well, he's like, I'm going to give the point to you. I just wanted to make sure you weren't just an idiot and yeah. guessing. <laughs> yeah. I was like, no, I actually thought too much about the question. Yeah. Dug too deep into it. All right, and the last question is a listening question. Oh, okay. So I'm going to play a, an example of music, and um, then we will, we will see if you can guess what it is. Okay. Do I get to know what I'm trying to discern from this music before I listen to it, or are we going to... You are trying to figure out the name of the piece. Ooh, okay. Scatman's World. <laughs> it is not Scatman's ah, World. Ah, dang it. <laughs> so this piece is from what would be referred to by most people as classical music although whether or not it's actually from the classical period is up for you to decide so okay. i'm going to play this music uh just the beginning uh, you will recognize it but the goal is to say the name the of name the of the piece all right here we go <laughs> I do know that. Um, I hope I hope that most of our listeners. I are think also yeah. With that piece. I'm terrible. I'm not great <laughs> at naming song titles in general, let okay. alone a bunch of things that are in the classical and classical adjacent genres. Yeah. I don't think it's Tchaikovsky. Okay. Um. I think it's. It's one of those t songs that is just titled like Symphony Number Something. I'm I, I I'm okay with getting this wrong. I'll say it's Symphony Number Five by Beethoven. You got it. Wait. <laughs> yeah. What a pro! What a pro! The luck, the luck on this quiz is boggling my mind. <laughs> I got it. I got it. Technically, it's Symphony Number Five. Movement one in D minor, okay. but I don't. Or that's not in D minor, but I don't care. That okay. I was looking for Symphony Number no. Five by Beethoven. So okay, yeah, you got it. Oh my gosh, I need to be careful, like when I drive home later or something, because I think I'm out of all of the good luck for like the month or something. <laughs> so uh, according to my score sheet here, <laughs> you scored plus one and minus one on two different questions, and that gives you a final score of twelve out of twelve. So, Dude, uh, good job. I honestly... That's my personal favorite way to get 100% on a quiz, <laughs> is to get, get a bonus. Credit, yeah, but get one wrong. Yep. So, I think 
I think that this quiz was actually fairly difficult. I there, think it was. There were a couple of questions that I thought you were going to get smoked on. So, mm-hmm. um, me too. <laughs> While you were asking them to me. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm going to call this a win. Yeah. In, I think that I would as well. That was a well-designed quiz, Isaac. And it was challenging and it did really rack my brain yeah. a lot. Um, and I would have gotten more lo- wrong if it wasn't for some good luck mm-hmm. and uh, well-educated guessing. Yeah, I think you would have gotten three less points if you had not been lucky. And nine out of twelve is kind of what I was shooting for. So I'm gotcha. gonna, I'm gonna call that a win. Sweet. And uh, with that, I'm gonna hand it over to Joe for a fun fact. Fun fact: the longest living known vertebrate is the Greenland shark living up to 500 years old in the frigid North Atlantic deep. That's an old shark. <laughs> that is an old shark. They also, bonus fun fact that I just remembered, their their average speed is like half a mile an hour. Oof. They're oh. like they're like 20 to 30 feet long. They're big. Dang. And they live like deep, deep. Okay. Down. And like, they just they, like barely move. Yeah. They, they were just discovered like within the last 50 years. Dang. All right, so our topic of today, if you read the episode title, is portmanteau. What I that's something I have been amused about this whole season is that like our listeners clearly know what we're going to talk yeah, about. Yeah, we, the main we subject. bring it up like it's a surprise every like, time. What are we talking about today? Well, Isaac, I am going to open up to Merriam-Webster's Collegiate Dictionary, tenth edition. And unlike last episode, I do actually have something to read That's out of good. this book. That's good. On page 908, portmanteau, definition two, a word or morpheme whose form and meaning are derived from a blending of two or more distinct forms. An example, smog from smoke and fog. Yeah. Um, so portmanteau is not really a word that I think should be in everyone's vocabulary is something that they're saying, but I think it's something they should be aware of. And it's also cool because you start to notice that there are actually a lot of things that are portmanteaus that you might not have realized. Right. Like you said, like, I I don't think I've even heard of the word portmanteau up until like a few weeks ago, Mm. but I knew of its existence. I just thought it was one of those things that we didn't have a word for, but the Germans probably do. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Yeah. So, um, Smoke and fog is a is a fairly straightforward example, but I, I found a couple that I just want to share with you that I think are also a little bit harder to notice. Okay. Um, well, one that's harder to notice and one that you probably actually know, but uh, it's still relevant. So, uh, the first one is Pokemon. Pocket monsters. Which is, yeah, it's a portmanteau of pocket monsters. And uh, the, the second one is relevant to this podcast because it is podcast. It's a portmanteau of iPod broadcast. Oh, I forgot about that. So um, our our podcast itself is a portmanteau. So I don't I don't think that this is a word that you necessarily need to be like using in conversation. Right. But I I do think that it's good to know. And kind of as I said before, it's it's also good once you're aware of it, you start to notice some more, and it brings just a little enjoyment into your life. It's a cool, it's a cool conceptual thing mm-hmm. that is nice to be aware of. And like you said, I hope now that you know about portmanteaus, you'll start to notice them more and yeah. appreciate their existence. Yep. Yep. 
We're all about saving those syllables. Again, kind of, yeah, actually, I was just going to say, kind of like contractions, most of them are just people who want to say stuff more quickly. Yep. So. All right. Isaac, if you have nothing else to say about portmanteaus. I have something to say about a poor man's toe, but I don't think that's for this podcast. I don't think so either. Okay. I have a phobia of that. <laughs> I would like to ask you if you have a fun fact for us, though. I do have a fun fact. <laughs> About 20% of all the calories consumed by people on Earth comes from rice. So if you are bad at contractions, that's about 5 out of every 1 person. That was a next level joke. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, thank you. I I worked really hard on that. I'm not going to lie, it felt a little forced, but that's okay. I still liked it, so... yeah. You know, at the end of the day, what matters is if we enjoy making our podcast. <laughs> that is, that is true. Thanks uh, for listening all the way to episode eight. But honestly, we're doing this for our own enjoyment. Yes. So it's, a, it's a bonus that you guys love it. Uh, but with that, I'm going to put my brains to the test against Joe's quiz, which That's is about right. physics. So as I was discovering, as I was making this quiz is I'm sure there's a similar problem with every type of quiz. But physics specifically is very heavy math. Yeah. And so first of all, it was a fully conceptual quiz and also one that didn't use pictures, which is another thing I was thinking about when I was making this. I was like, this would be very easy to have a question about this if I could just show you a picture or a diagram. So here's my best uh, attempt at making a challenging but doable quiz that can be given entirely orally orally <laughs> question number one okay what is the maximum mechanical advantage you can achieve with three pulleys with three pulleys all right i'm gonna say i'm gonna say the first pulley doesn't do anything the second pulley well the first pulley like reverses the direction of the force okay i'm gonna say the second pulley does double And the next pulley doubles it again. So I'm going to say four times. The answer is four. Not because of what you just said, though. (laughs) Let's go. Luck is also on my side today. Uh, The first pulley, you are correct. It's usually used to just reverse the direction. But let's say if you're lifting something Mm -hmm. and you use that first pulley and you pull up as opposed to pulling down. Most of the time you think of pulling down on something. If you can somehow get it so you can pull up on that rope, it does actually contribute to your mechanical advantage okay but each one adds a useful thing to remember is if you set it up correctly you can always have your mechanical advantage can always be one higher than than the number number of pulleys pulleys. you have okay okay a lot of different circumstances where you might not even want to set it up that way though yeah all right you're one for one question two do electrons travel in the same direction as electrical current or the opposite direction? I think they go the same direction. That would be incorrect. Dang. Um, For anyone who is well-versed in electricity, you might be aware of the fact that the concept of current was just designed horribly. Um, But electrons are negatively charged, and the concept of current is the flow of positive charge. Nice. But the thing that actually flows is the electrons, and they go backwards. The other way backwards quote unquote cool yeah yeah 
Yeah, so that one was a tricky one. All right. This... <laughs> I'm going to ask this one like a Jeopardy-style question, okay? <laughs> okay. So I'll give you the answer. Yeah. This term means the time rate of change of velocity. What is acceleration? That is absolutely correct. Booyah. Um, and a fun fact, which you might also know. Okay. It goes displacement, velocity, acceleration, and then... The rate of change of your acceleration is called a jerk. A jerk. I do remember that actually from we, math class. Yep. yep. All right. Question four is worth five points. <sighs> Ooh. It's a big one. Okay. I'm going to ask you to order something. Okay. Rank the following types of light or radiation mm -hmm. from highest frequency to lowest frequency. Okay. I'm, I will list them for you, but feel free to ask again. Okay. Radio, x-rays, infrared, microwave, ultraviolet. Okay, say that one more time. Radio, x-rays, infrared, microwave, ultraviolet. Okay. Radio, I'm going to say, is fairly low. I'll put that at the bottom. Infrared. I'm trying to remember where the color spectrum breaks. I don't know if that actually matters, but I'm comparing it to ultraviolet. It, in my it could head be right helpful. Now. Okay, it could be helpful. Because uh, it breaks like in purple, if I remember correctly. I'm gonna say okay. Actually, red I think is at the bottom because Roy G. Biv. So I'm gonna say I'm gonna say radio, and then infrared will be below UV. We'll put. Okay, we'll say this. We'll say this. Radio, infrared, ultraviolet, microwave, x-ray. And actually, I want to change that. I want to put microwave before infrared. Okay. So, lowest frequency to highest, you're going to say... Radio. Okay. Microwave, infrared, ultraviolet, x-ray. That is 100% correct, Isaac. You just got five points. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> nice. You almost misplaced microwaves. Yeah, and that would have... Uh, wow. Hey, I, I hey, would have just counted that I just as... want you to know that we're cheating. Just kidding. Yeah. We're not. <laughs> <laughs> I, Isaac's going to ace... Oh, well, you haven't aced this quiz, so... True. Yeah, I got the first one wrong. Yeah. Or the second one. The second one wrong. All right. Dope. So, <sighs> if my math is correct, which it might be, <laughs> you've gotten one wrong out of a possible eight points. Okay. So, seven out of eight. Uh, if my math is wrong, email us. <laughs> Number five. Another... This or that question. What type of light carries more energy per photon? Ultraviolet or infrared? Oh, so I just put in uh, ultraviolet as being higher frequency. higher frequency. But does higher frequency mean it has more energy? That's for me to guess. That is. Um, I feel like I should know this because I actually have studied sound waves for music. But I'm going to say... You know, I, I got wrecked by not guessing backwards last time, but I'm going to do it again. I'm going to say ultraviolet has more energy. That would be good intuition then, yes. Isaac. He got another one. Let's go. You are eight for nine. All right. Question six. If you move yourself, move yourself four times further away from a light source, so four times farther away, Okay. how much weaker is the irradiance you receive? So how much energy per... Okay. Unit area. 
So if I'm one foot away, I have an unknown amount of light being put on me. If mm-hmm. I'm four feet away, how much light in comparison? Yeah. I'm feeling like going straight forward again. So I'm going to say one fourth. No. Yeah, I'm going to say one fourth. Okay, that is incorrect, unfortunately. Dang. It is one sixteenth. Ah, I almost did that. I, I yep. almost guessed one sixteenth. That is what is called the inverse square law, and it's okay. applied to a lot of things in physics, but it's the concept of you're going linearly four times farther away, okay. but the surface area of the imaginary sphere yep. that you're at is four times bigger. Okay. Four times more surface area. <sighs> I almost got it. So you are eight for 10, I believe. Okay. Sure. (laughs) Uh, Number seven, according to Kepler's second law of planetary motion, if an object has a smaller orbital radius, so it's, Mm -hmm. let's say, closer to the earth, um, does it have a faster or a slower linear speed than something further away? I think it's I think it's got to be faster because there's more gravity pulling it down. So I'm going to say faster. Okay. That would be correct. Nice. Excuse me. The gravity is stronger. I don't yeah. there's not more gravity, I was, but I was going to say what you said is conceptually the right direction, but yep. not entirely not, correct. Yeah. Yeah. But you got there. That was 11 points and you've gotten two I wrong. Got two wrong. Yep. 9 out of 11. All right. Question 8. The ideal gas law which describes a quote-unquote perfect gas. Oh, yep. Just the easiest way to describe a gas is written as PV equals NRT. The N is the amount of substance and R is a constant. What do the P, V, and T stand for? Shout out to Mr. Frame for this one. PV and T stand for pressure, volume, and temperature. That is absolutely correct. Yeah, baby. So you are now at 12 out of 14. Yep. Yep. Nice. PTV. PTV. I remember that. Yep. He, he told us about PTV. I don't remember Put what it on channel the note card. PTV is. Yep. But yep. I do remember those. Nice. All right. Last question. Oh, good. I'm getting, I'm getting worn out. Question nine. <laughs> are magnetic sources monopoles or dipoles? Magnetic sources, monopoles, you're saying? Yes. Okay, like North Pole and South Pole or dipoles. Hmm. I'm going to say that since it's the source, it's a monopole. Okay. That would be incorrect. Dang. A magnet always has a north and a south pole and that is technically a singular source okay see that's what i was thinking but that's, I was that's like, the hard thing nah, i don't know yeah <laughs> whereas like electricity you can just have something that's just a negative yeah. charge or yep. a positive charge okay magnets you cannot all right so that was a total of 15 points if mm-hmm. i'm correct yep and you got three wrong so that's 12 out of 15 you know i i'm happy with that that's pretty good that's I, a win in my book I'm I'm pretty happy. Let me know what you think, but I'm pretty happy with how I structured that quiz. Yeah, yeah, it went pretty well. I I definitely had to think through a few of them. Um, yep. Had to make some educated guesses. guesses. Yep, yep. But um, yeah, we both scored twelve points, so I think we tied in this. I think so. <laughs> I think I think that's how it works. <laughs> cool. So uh, with that, I would like to wrap up 
uh, episode eight, the season finale of the first season of Platonically Intimate. What a season it was. What a season it was. But Joe, what, what does it mean by season one of Platonically Intimate? So what that means is by the time you are listening to this, Isaac is probably hundreds of miles away from you. If I, I mean, already. I could be right now. That's <laughs> true. Exactly. I don't know where you guys are. Yeah. Shout out to whoever's listening to us from Greece. Yeah, that's pretty cool, actually. Uh, tell all your friends. We want a lot of listeners from Greece. Yeah. But Isaac is moving to Alaska, and I yes. will be returning to uh, my studies at college. So we will not reconvene until potentially next summer. Yeah, so we uh, we set this goal up. Um, our goal was to make eight episodes, and um, this is the eighth episode. And so we are we are wrapping up season one. We would love to do this again. We had a lot of fun, and uh, a lot of our fans told us that they had some fun too. So uh, we would like to continue this. Um, but in the meantime, we do plan on releasing some bonus episodes. Yes, we do actually have a little bit of time before the two of us are going to be too busy to do this. Mm-hmm. And we enjoy doing stuff like this. So like we said, bonus episodes will be likely a much different structure than the main. <laughs> yeah. That's why they're called bonus. That's not why we're calling it a different season. That's why they're not just the same mm-hmm. season. If If you enjoy listening to us... Regardless of whether or not you enjoy the structure of our podcast, if you just mm-hmm. enjoy the banter between us, then you should listen to the bonus episodes. Yeah. If you're here for the content, don't listen to the bonus episodes. Yeah, there will be much <laughs> less content, a lot less preparation. We have a few ideas, but it'll be pretty like we'll just kind of sit down and not like like Isaac said, it'll be a lot less structured. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, I'm just so sad that episode that season one is gonna be over. <laughs> Anyways, I'm 22 years old, and I've graduated college with a degree in in vocal music, and my voice still cracks. So I hope that makes you feel better about yourself. (laughs) Yeah. If you ever feel bad about any of your talents. Yep. Just just remember that. They they couldn't teach me how to stop cracking my voice. (laughs) But um, with that being said, uh, this is a longer episode, but I think that's okay. Um, I think so, too. As we bid farewell to season one of Platonically Intimate. I hope you guys enjoyed it, and um, we are excited to hopefully come back with season two starting approximately at the beginning of next summer. See ya. Yo, Isaac, there's someone still in here listening. Hey, uh, sorry guys, but we really do mean that season one is over. We hope that you hear us back in season two. See ya.